MSW Media. Thanks to Delete Me for supporting this show. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash dailybeans and use promo code dailybeans at checkout. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, November 28th, 2023. Today, 11 more hostages are released as President Biden secures a tentative two-day extension to the ceasefire. The shooter of three Palestinian students in Burlington, Vermont, has been arrested, and Attorney General Merrick Garland is investigating the incident for potential hate crimes. The Supreme Court rules that Arizona Republicans must testify about voter suppression laws. Republican Speaker Johnson makes remarks about Ukraine aid and George Santos. The New Mexico Supreme Court rejects Republican opposition to congressional maps. And Marjorie Taylor Greene's book ranks 9,805th on Amazon's bestseller list. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hi, everybody. Happy Tuesday. I know I said Dana was going to be back, but Dana has tested positive for COVID. She is on the mend and she'll be back with us as soon as she's able to be. So please, please send all of your healing vibes and love her way so she can recover quickly. Some quick hits today. Trump is expected to testify in his own defense in the New York Attorney General $250 million civil fraud trial on December 11th. That's the same day Rudy's trial begins in uh, Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss's defamation case against him. And he's going to, so Donald Trump will be on the stand. He's expected to be the final witness. Eric Trump is expected to testify on December 6th, uh, but December 11th is is Donald and it'll be the, he'll be the final witness. So we should get a lovely gift from Judge Engoron in time for the holidays. Justice will be under the tree this year. And in the Hamas-Israel war, 11 more hostages, Israeli hostages have been released in exchange for more Palestinian prisoners. And uh, President Biden has reached a tentative two-day extension of the ceasefire. He is still pushing the two-state solution as support for Bibi in Israel is waning. It's at an all-time low. And Chuck Schumer, that's the senator, the Senate Majority Leader, he'll be bringing Biden's aid package for Ukraine and Israel to the Senate floor next week. Biden is considering conditioning funding for Israel on humanitarian aid. There will also be Indo-Pacific funding for Taiwan defense and money for border security. He will also be bringing up that resolution to allow military promotions currently being blocked by Senator Tuberville. In remarks in Sarasota, Florida, Speaker Mike Johnson says he is pro-Ukraine funding if border security is included. And he's also uh, spoken to George Santos at length and hinted that there may not be a vote to expel him, which could mean he might resign. We will keep you posted on that news. He also tried to take credit for uh, some of the Joe Biden infrastructure down in, in Sarasota, but we need to make sure that he doesn't because he voted no on that bill. All right, everybody, we have a lot of news to get to today. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. First up, a man pled not guilty to attempted murder Monday in connection with the weekend shooting of three college students of Palestinian descent in Vermont, an attack that is being investigated as a possible hate crime. Jason Eaton, who's 48, was arrested Sunday 
a day after the shooting outside his apartment building near the University of Vermont campus. He appeared in court by video from jail, speaking only to confirm his identity. His attorney entered pleas of not guilty on his behalf, and a judge ordered him held without bail pending a hearing that likely will be held in the next few days. Of course, Attorney General Merrick Garland said the Justice Department is investigating whether the shooting was a hate crime. The FBI and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives are assisting Vermont authorities in this investigation. There has been a sharp increase in threats directed against Jewish, Muslim, and Arab communities across the U.S. since the Israel-Hamas war began. There is understandable fear in communities across the country, is what Garland said. The three men, all aged 20, who were spending their Thanksgiving break in Burlington, were walking during a visit to a home of one of the victim's relatives when they were confronted by a white man with a handgun. According to a police affidavit, federal agents found a shotgun in Eaton's apartment. He refused to identify himself, but told the officers he had been waiting for them. In response to the shooting, U.S. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries encouraged people to, quote, unequivocally denounce the startling rise of anti-Arab hate and Islamophobia in America. No one should ever be targeted for their ethnicity or religious affiliation in our country. That's what he said in a statement that he posted on Twitter. We will not let hatred win. Of course, Senator Bernie Sanders, the Vermont Independent, denounced the shooting as well. Quote, it is shocking and deeply upsetting that three young Palestinians were shot here in Burlington, Vermont. Hate has no place here or anywhere. And I look forward to a full investigation. Governor Phil Scott called the shooting a tragedy, calling on the state's residents to unite and not let this incident incite more hate or divisiveness. The Vermont, New Hampshire chapter of Jewish Voice for Peace, which has urged an end to the Israel-Hamas war, released a statement saying it was appalled by the shooting and said, we are in solidarity with the students, their families, and all those affected by this clear act of hate. We are in solidarity with all Palestinian people in occupied Palestine, around the world, and here in Vermont, and we're committed to creating a Vermont that is safe and welcoming for all. The American Jewish Community, which is an advocacy organization for Jewish people worldwide, also said on Twitter it was horrified by the attack and urged law enforcement to investigate this act as a possible hate crime, which they are doing. And Republicans were dealt a blow after New Mexico's Supreme Court upheld the state's congressional map, which state GOP officials argued was favorable to Democrats. New Mexico Republicans filed a lawsuit accusing the state legislature of remaking the map into a Democratic gerrymander, therefore violating the state's constitution. During the redistricting process prior to the 2022 midterms, Lawmakers redrew the map to make New Mexico's second congressional district, previously viewed as having a Republican lean, more Democratic. Democratic Representative Gabe Vasquez holds the seat. He defeated Republican Congresswoman Yvette Harrell by 0.7 percentage points in 2022, and President Joe Biden carried the seat by roughly six points in 2020. Former President Donald Trump won the district by nearly 12 points in the previous iteration of the map. The state's high court rejected the Republicans' lawsuit on Monday, handing Republicans their latest redistricting loss after the party asked the court to redraw the map in a partisan-neutral manner. That's according to Democracy Docket. A trial court previously determined that while the map does favor Democrats, it did not reach the threshold of being egregious gerrymandering. That's according to the Associated Press. The New Mexico Supreme Court on Monday issued an order concurring with the lower court's decision. Democratic lawyer Mark Elias, who has represented the party in redistricting cases, celebrated the ruling in a post on Twitter. Nope, still not tired, he wrote in response to someone asking if he was tired of winning. 
Several states have redrawn or are considering redrawing their congressional maps ahead of 2024, giving both major political parties mixed results. Democrats and Republicans have accused each other of unfairly drawing maps in states they control to maximize their power in the federal government. North Carolina Republicans secured a major win for their party after redrawing the congressional map to favor the GOP. The congressional delegation is split 7-7, as the state is seen as having a narrow Republican advantage. The new map will feature 10 Republican-leaning districts, three leaning towards Democrats, and one competitive seat. Democrats gained a seat in Alabama after a court ruled the GOP-drawn map was a racial gerrymander that diluted the power of black voters. Democrats are also likely to benefit from a court-ordered redraw in Georgia after a judge overturned that map also as a racial gerrymander. Louisiana Republicans were also ordered to redraw their map after a court ruled its current map is a racial gerrymander and lawmakers have until January 15th to do that. Wisconsin's Supreme Court is considering striking down its map, which critics say unfairly favors Republicans, as Trump carried six of its eight congressional districts despite losing the state. New York Democrats are also seeking to redraw that state map, though it remains unclear whether this would occur before the 2024 elections. Next up, from Adam Liptak at the New York Times, the Supreme Court ruled Monday that two Arizona lawmakers must testify about their reasons for supporting state laws requiring proof of citizenship for voting in federal elections. Now, the court's brief order didn't give any reasons, which is typical when the justices act on emergency applications and no dissents were noted. The Justice Department, the DNC, civil rights groups, and others had challenged these state laws in Arizona, saying they violated federal laws and had been enacted with a discriminatory purpose. Now, after Arizona's Attorney General, Chris Mays, a Democrat, declined to defend aspects of the laws, Ben Toma, the Speaker of the Arizona House of Representatives, and Warren Peterson, the president of the Arizona Senate, both Republicans, intervened to defend it. Lawmakers are ordinarily shielded by a legislative privilege from inquiries into their motives for sponsoring or voting for legislation. In September, Judge Susan R. Bolton of the Federal District Court in Arizona ruled that a different analysis applied when lawmakers voluntarily injected themselves into litigation. Quote, the speaker and the president each waived their privilege by intervening to fully defend the voting laws and putting their motives at issue. That's what Judge Bolton wrote, adding the two legislators could be compelled to testify about their activities. You can't be compelled to testify unless you're the one filing the lawsuit. At first, the U.S. Court of Appeals of the Ninth Circuit blocked Judge Bolton's ruling, but later lifted its stay, allowing depositions of the men to proceed. The lawmakers then asked the Supreme Court to intervene. Quote, unless the court issues an immediate stay... This is what they wrote to the justices of the Supreme Court. The legislative leaders will quickly find themselves between the mythical Scylla and Charbonus. They either need to submit to improper depositions or refuse to do so and expose themselves to potential sanctions and contempt charges. Either choice brings serious consequences that can't be corrected. In response, lawyers for the DNC wrote that the lawmakers were trying to have it both ways by arguing the laws were not the product of discriminatory intent, but refusing to be questioned about it. That, they wrote, is, quote, wholly foreign to foundational principles of our adversarial justice system and to basic fairness. So these two Arizona Republicans are going to have to testify. And it's time for a little bit of schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. All right, this is from Mediate. Judging by the data available on Amazon, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene's memoir release could have gone a little better. Approximately a week ago, 
MTG released MTG, her self-titled autobiography, printed by Donald Trump Jr.'s publishing company. The book explores Green's reflections as one of the most outspoken and controversial members of Congress, though it's hard to say if people are interested since MTG clocks in at number 9,805 on Amazon's bestseller list. Regarding MTG's public reaction, the book was torn apart in advance by Green's critics and even her fellow right-wing firebrands. As for the reviews on Amazon, MTG currently has 1.8 out of 5 stars. I personally can't wait to hear about the RNC maybe laughing her out of the room when she asked them to buy thousands of copies of her book. There's no, by the way, evidence that she asked them to buy thousands of copies. I'm just going by what the RNC has done in the past with other Republicans' books, buying hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of them to pump, you know, to get them up higher on the bestseller list on Amazon. So I imagine, I imagine she went to the RNC and asked for a favor and the RNC said no. We'll see what happens, but uh, I'm looking forward to that story when it comes out. All right, everybody, we do have some good news that we should get to today. If you have any good news to send us, you can do that by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, have you ever really sat and thought about how much of your personal information is out there in the open internet for anyone to find your names, your addresses, your AKAs, names of associates, people associated with you, cars you've driven. It's like all out there from data brokers. It's probably a lot more than you realize. And it isn't difficult for the wrong people to find your name and contact information, your home address, your social security number, and specific information about your family. And all of it's being collected and compiled by data brokers that sell it to the highest bidders online. That makes it very easy for anyone on the web to gain access to your private details. That can lead to identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. It just seems overwhelming to catch it. It's like playing whack-a-mole. But you can significantly reduce your risk and protect your privacy by using Delete Me. Uh, Delete Me is a subscription service that finds and removes any personal information you don't want online, then making sure that information is gone for good. Delete Me tackles the largest people search databases on the web, helping prevent potential identity theft, doxing, phishing scams, all of it. That's why I personally recommend and use Delete Me. My information is definitely out there. I have to be careful that nobody's able to take advantage of it. And Delete Me helps protect my information and provides me peace of mind when it comes to my online privacy. Delete Me does all the difficult work, all the heavy lifting. They scrub your personal info from the web. And it isn't just a one-time service. It's always working for you. It constantly monitors and removes personal information you don't want to be out there. All you have to do is sign up and provide Delete Me with the exact information you want deleted, and their experts will start working on it immediately. They also regularly send you this personalized privacy report, which I love. It shows everything they found, where they found it, and what they removed. And with Delete Me, your personal profile is no longer theirs to sell. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash dailybeans and use code dailybeans at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash dailybeans and enter code dailybeans at checkout. Again, that's joindeleteme.com slash dailybeans, code dailybeans. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. 
Good news. And if you have any good news or confessions or corrections, especially pronunciation corrections, we want to hear about it. If you have a shout out to a loved one, a shout out to your kids, uh, your a small business in your area, your small business, what are you making? What are you creating? I know we have ton of a ton of entrepreneurs in the Leguminati. I want to know about it. If you have a dissertation or thesis title you want to share, or a whoopee story, stuffed animal story, blankie story, I love those. I really love those. Send us photos of your holiday decorations or even Halloween costumes. Accept those all year around because Halloween's my favorite holiday. Well, Christmas is they're tied for Christmas and Halloween. Um, anything at all you want to send to us, even an adoptable pet in your area if you can't pay pod pet tax, or if you want us to get, guess what kind of animal or what breed of animal you have, whatever it is, uh, baby pictures, anything, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First up from Rosa Linda, greetings, wonderful folks. I'm reaching out boldly to share a wonderful volunteer organization that would be perfect for the good news. Since today is Giving Tuesday, I felt it was timely. The organization is Arm and Leg Inc. They're a nonprofit volunteer organization dedicated to recycling and repurposing prosthetics and prosthetic related equipment for those in great need. I would love to share more about this nonprofit, armandleg.org. What a very, very cool idea. And I love this art as well. We'll have a link in the show notes. Thank you, Rosalinda, for sending that in. Next up, from Seth, pronouns he and they, nuke to people I like. Yes, you. Hey, friends, I received news that my thesis topic was approved over the holiday, and I wanted to share it with you. First of all, congratulations, Seth. That's a big step. Here is the title. Enhancing Cybersecurity Awareness in Rural Small Business, an Application of the Unified Theory of Acceptance and Use of Technology. Excellent. I started my PhD coursework in 2020 and have you to thank for getting me through the dark times. My online handle has been Dr. Nuke Dukem <laughs> across all things since I joined an Xbox 360 clan in high school, and I feel like I'm finally well on my way to living up to the name. Best wishes to you all. P.S. is pet tax attached for pics of my previously submitted pandemic puppy, Major, that joined my family in March of 2020. He has not outgrown his propensity for sleeping on my pillows. Oh, he's beautiful. Looks just like Major Biden. Very handsome German Shepherd dog. Looks like a very cozy place to sleep, too. Hi, puppers. What a happy baby. Thank you for sharing, Major, and your dissertation topic. Whew, once you got the topic, it's all downhill from there. As long as it's as long as you've narrowed it down enough. So congratulations. Next up from Jen, pronouns she and her. Hello, lovely ladies of the Leguminati. I'm a listener since the kitchen table days of Muller, she wrote. I simply love all the MSW network offerings and the hard work of everyone bringing us information, joy, and laughs to keep us informed and growing together. Jen, thank you so much. Today I'm writing with a shout out to my partner of almost 30 years. We are high school sweethearts, and it is his birthday. He is one of the hardest working dads, husbands, and musicians around. I wouldn't be the person I am today without his unconditional love and support, the likes of which I didn't even get from my own parents, who have practically disowned me for not fitting in with their specific conservative Christian views. Chad, I'm sorry about that. We've been through multiple medical conditions with our kids, moved from coast to coast, and are now multi-generational households supporting his parents, a trans teenager, and a demanding German shepherd, none of which is for the weak-willed. 
He's a brilliant drummer playing loud rock and roll in three bands. In fact, we recently returned to the States from a trip to Norway where one of his bands recorded an album and I listened to the beans over there and it was so great to have y'all keeping me tethered to what was going on. Anyway, I'd love for the Beans listeners who are so inclined to check out his music, which he he makes as his passion. You can find it on your preferred platforms or free on Bandcamp, Train Dodge, Museum of Light, and Calm Collapse. We'll have links in the show notes. Adding in a couple of picks for fun, one from our Norway trip, one of him in the recording studio, and one of our fur baby, Reese. Jen, what a wonderful, lovely shout out. Look at these beautiful people in Norway. Absolutely wonderful. We have the same hair, by the way. Jen. It's very similar. That's a hell of a kit he's got. Drummers are the best. Oh, look at the pupper. More German Shepherd dogs. Yay, it's German Shepherd dog day on the beans. All right. Finally, from Panda Chronicles, pronouns she and her. This is more panda trivia than good news, but hey. Anything about pandas is good news, am I right? You mentioned that sneezing baby panda video the other day when you read my submission about the possible return of pandas to the U.S. Anyway, that sneezing baby panda was none other than Mei Zhang, the until recently matriarch of the D.C. panda clan, as a baby. Her mother, who was surprised by the sneeze, is still alive and well in China. I'm sorry I can't remember her name offhand. I imagine they'll be getting together for a catch-up sesh as soon as Mei Zhang is out of quarantine. Please keep up the good work. I've been listening to the Refried Beans episodes, and they definitely bring a context of where we are now. The episodes from the immediate post-2020 election are almost painful in the feeling of hopefulness we all had, but serve to remind us of the monumental betrayal by the entire Republican Party. Should the horror of a second TFG term come to pass, oh God, I just threw up a little typing that, I hope we're locked up together. Y'all would be f- such fun cellmates. Wow, that got dark. Anyway, um, Panda on. And here, of course, is a Your Brain on Pandas cartoon, and we will share this uh, in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Panda Chronicles. Yes, I hope we all end up in the same cell. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, as you know, personally believe Donald Trump will be in prison before the 2024 election. Fingers crossed there's no long extended interlocutory appeal for that March trial in D.C. We'll see what happens. Everybody, thank you for sending in your good news. Again, I apologize. Dana isn't back and we wish her uh, the speediest of speedy recoveries. Uh, I am flying in the morning as you're listening to this to D.C., Uh, to go to the White House holiday reception. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to meeting up with some good friends and uh, to to discuss messaging and policy and strategy for 2024 with my people, with everyone. So thank you again for listening to this show. It's because of you that I am invited to the White House in the first place. And uh, I look forward to that. And I will post tons of pictures Uh, And I will send a bunch to our producers so we can get them up on Patreon as well. So if you are a patron, you can see them too. Thank you so much. By the way, if you're a patron, you make the show go. Um, You get these episodes ad-free. You get them early. You get invites to our uh, bi-monthly Zoom happy hours where we enjoy cocktails and mocktails and I answer your questions and we have a good time. And then, you know, pretty soon, I think this spring, we're trying to put together an MSW Media meetup. 
So it'd be like uh, everybody from the Jack podcast and and um, Clean Up on All 45 and The Beans, and we all get together and have an annual meetup and patrons will get inv- invitations to that. And of course, it would be free of charge for the patrons. So if you know somebody that has a venue, a hotel, a restaurant, a winery, a brewery, anything like that, where you would want to possibly host that national annual meetup for the Leguminati, let us know. Send us an email at hello at mullersherote.com. Put venue in the subject line so we know what you're writing in about and we can categorize those emails properly. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see what, we can, what we can arrange. We'd be happy to um, give this business to somebody uh, in the Leguminati. Um, and uh, I think it, that would be uh, wonderful. But anyway, uh, we'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Hopefully Dana will be back, but uh, you know, I want to give her the room to heal if she needs it. Uh, again, sending all my love to her. I will definitely be here tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to record the daily beans as soon as I land in DC. And, uh, I look forward to, um, sharing, sharing those adventures with you. So until then, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, take care of your mental health, take care of your family, vote blue over Q and bring someone with you. I've been AG and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch.
you will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.